Mr. Pop. Dark. When the little birds are nasty, and I listen to them too, there's two lonesome people in the whole wide world. That's me and the man in the moon. Hello, everybody. And welcome to Miskatonic University Radio, a podcast and live stream exploring fantasy play games as Arkham Horror, the card game. I'm Dan. I'm Dan. I'm Ben. And today, we're going to be exploring Arkham Horror's vast universe, creative deck building possibilities by checking out some decks that have piqued our interest uh, over on Arkham DB. And we have a very special guest to do that with, to do that with us today. <laughs> it's our friend Colin, champion of weird decks, Ugly but nutritious vegetables, and the last living descendant of the Edsley clan. Colin, welcome to the cast. Glad to be here. I'm Colin, the fourth player who is occasionally mentioned, but watch the legend. To, uh, to show you, uh, yeah, you, you you accompanied us to uh, Arkham Knights, and you played uh, you played the Keeper's Nightmare with us. So that was that was a heck of an experience. It's true. I yeah. did. Disastrous, and we died. But it was fun. And you even you even made it you even made it back home afterwards, which was which was challenging, surprisingly. Um, but yeah, that was it. Those those are those are those are some fun times. Yeah, it was rough. I feel like this is sort of like revealing the last Exodia card. That's that's Colin. Colin is the last Exodia card of Miskatonic University Radio. <laughs> well, anyway. Dane, Dane gets mad at me whenever I bring up Magic the Gathering, but you're just allowed to drop a Yu-Gi-Oh thing, and that's okay. Uh, whatever, it's fine. Keep 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 moving. Maybe, maybe we'll get some Yu-Gi-Oh viewers and listeners coming, oh, yeah, that, coming yeah. in. You know what I mean? Yeah, Convert them over yeah. to Arkham Horror the card game. I'm okay. I'm constantly confused that like Yu-Gi-Oh is like still a game that people play. <laughs> like that's I surprised I didn't die out a long time ago, but. Hey, see, Sultry's here. Sultry's here, and, and they're a uh, yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh viewer. So we we, we got Colin here. What are we What are we doing this episode? What are we gonna What are we gonna do? <laughs> so we wanted to take a look at some interesting high concept decks submitted by uh, users on Arkham DB recently to maybe not so recently, uh, and then we're going to be sharing a brand new card from the upcoming expansion, the Scarlet Keys, as some might know, uh, that FFG gave us a review. Uh, so and then finally, we're going to be enlisting Colin to help us build an interesting new deck with this very interesting and exciting new card. Sounds pretty cool. Yeah. So why don't we uh, jump into it? So I have the decks pulled up on RockMDB. Uh, I just have to press the right button here. Hooray! All right. So, um, oh, before we start, so we're gonna I'm gonna kind of summarize the deck. I'm not gonna actually read it. And then we're talking about it for like six-ish minutes, and then Colin's going to give it a judgment uh, using his vegetable knowledge uh, of one to five cabbages, right? Do we want to do six minutes? I forgot to ask before we started. So, so five cabbages being a great deck, one cabbage yeah. being a not-so-great deck, is that the rating scale? Mm. Yeah. Okay. That, that makes a lot of sense. All right. So, uh, so this first deck uh, is by Dr. Makito. That sounds Maka right. Keto, I think. Maka Keto, I think, yeah. Maka Keto. Uh, it's called, he calls it Stealthy Knives Skids. Uh, this whole deck is built around basically level 3 stealth. Um, and Which, if anyone happens to, have <laughs> not to, for some reason, doesn't remember what level 3 stealth does, 
It yeah. is an asset. It's a talent that you play it, and as a as a fast trigger, you can exhaust it to evade an enemy with a bonus, basically. And if you succeed, you disengage from it, but you don't actually exhaust it. So it's it kind of evades it just for you, sort of. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> sort of. But you get to do it as a, you get to do it as a fast trigger, which is nice. It's the, which is the important advantage. Part, right? Yeah. 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 Um, so how does this how does this work? Like, why is this deck playing stealth, and what is it what is it giving? So, us? so the idea is uh, this is a deck that's like I think mostly targeted towards solo, but I think could also work in like lower player counts and multiplayer. Uh, so the idea is uh, you combo stealth, uh, you use stealth basically to evade whatever enemy you drew during the uh, during the mythos phase, uh, and then you try to make use of that enemy with other cards that benefit from having an enemy location to get clues. Um, or uh, combo with ways to, like kill the enemy passively, either like using Alice Luxley because uh, you just you discover a clue after you disengage the enemy and you do damage to it, um, or like doing some stuff with like Delilah to ping it for damage while its stealth is, while its evade is lowered, um, or you use passive things like a survival knife. Or it's not passive, but things that trigger during the enemy phase to actually kill the enemy. So the idea is you can. Uh, deal with enemies uh, without spending actual actions so you can spend your actual actions to get clues. Um, which is, you know, how you win the game most of the time. Uh, so they have uh, they have a bunch of different combos on here that uh, seemed fun. They, like, they, they combo it, you evade it during your turn. I guess the key thing with stealth is it is just during your turn, so it will re-engage you at the beginning of enemy phase. So that's yes. why you can, like, trigger survival knife um on it to kill it off uh or counter punch was another card they have in here um which can be fun can you, what's the higher level counter punch i don't i don't see it uh, uh i th- i think it's oh. i think it's like counter punch would be an upgrade maybe yeah sorry yeah. They, ha- they have it listed as a, one of the suggestions that you could swap in not necessarily in the uh base deck here um but yeah, counterpunch like counterpunch, even counterpunch level two, which is like two damage or enemy phase, uh, could be pretty strong with that. And then obviously it also also triggers stuff like lucky cigarette case and pickpocketing things that trigger off of evading to give you bonuses, um, or just passing your test by a lot. And because stealth lowers the difficulty of the test by two, you know it can be pretty easy to trigger a cigarette case. Yeah, I mean we've um, we've seen like how strong pickpocketing can be in like a fin deck, right? Where you get to trigger it without spending like a real action. This would kind of give you the same benefit with the additional bonus that you're getting a minus two on the enemy's um, evade difficulty, so you're more likely to succeed by two. So if you have cigarette case and say one pickpocketing out, you would evade an enemy, and if you succeed by two, which you hopefully do, you would get two cards and a resource, which is pretty nice. It's pretty nice. Yeah, totally. I think that stealth, like, the first thing that pops into my mind is, like, you're able to... It's a lot of action compression, right? Like, it's just... It's it's sort of taking the issue that Evade get, like presents, which is that the enemy's just going to come back next turn. But since this is a free action, you don't actually have to worry about it. Unless you fail, of course. But we're not talking about those circumstances. <laughs> we're talking about uh, the cool things that you can do with stealth. Like, if you even just nimble, right? You can just disengage it, and mm-hmm. then it'll leave. And then you just jet out. Um, yeah, if it's an enemy you don't care about killing, um, you can nimble away. Uh, this is a combos where, like, if it's a hunter, you can let it hunt during the enemy phase and hunt onto you. Like, you move to a location that has clues, you let it hunt onto you, and then you kill it with survival knives, and you use, like, evidence to pick up the clues or something. Um, 
So yeah, so that makes, it, makes it pretty if fun. You, if you use survive on life and counterpunch, you can just potentially kill the enemy before it actually damages you. Right. Exactly. And you could even double this. They suggest using double double survival knife, so you can, you know, potentially do four four damage with each <laughs> two damage with each survival knife attack, and, uh, and then if you don't kill it somehow, you can then counter punch it to do extra damage. So totally. And I know Captain Farnese and Chad is a huge fan of double survival knives <laughs> on anything, I, anything I, that can carry survival knives. I've never gone full double survival knife, um, but uh, this seems like a fun way to try that out. So. Alan, uh, do you have any initial initial thoughts on this deck? Does this seem like a seem if you had to play a skids deck, would this be a fun way to do it? What do you think? I was kind of like initially hesitant about like using stealth and letting the enemy attack you anyway. But I mean, you've got you've got nimble to evade it and then move somewhere else that's too tough, or you don't want to get close to location. You've got your survival knives and counter punches to hopefully kill it before it attacks you. You know, it's just this is just janky, but it's pretty good. It is like I gotta say, when I first looked at this, if you had just pitched it to me like, "Oh, I'm bringing a stealth skids deck," I would just I would have just rolled my eyes and been like, "Okay, great." But like, <laughs> I mean, I I don't think I'd play this in like a like a hard mode multiplayer deck, maybe. But I mean, this this looks kind of relatively decent, right? Like. It, it, especially for solo, it seems like you have most of the tools that you need, right? Yeah, I mean, this one's definitely tailored a little bit more towards solo than I think some of the other decks we're going to look at today are. Just because, like, being able to, when you draw an enemy in solo and have it effectively not cause you to lose any actions to deal with it, that's great, right? Uh, which I think is the, is the idea here. Because you, you disengage it and you kill it during enemy phase. Or, or passively with, like, uh, Alice or uh, Delilah. And... I would... Focus on I clues. would maybe I am maybe a little bit concerned about like if you just don't draw enemies for a few turns, do are most of the cards in your deck kind of useless and are you just really bad at getting clues? Because you're you're sort of bad at getting clues unless you're doing things like um evidence or scene of the crime and things like that, right? Yeah, it is focused on benefiting from enemies to get clues. Um I guess you could like throw on the hunt level zero on the hunt in here if you really want to get an enemy out. Uh, you also could sacrifice the survival knives and like get some get some lockpicks going. Um, I do. But, I, I also I, I I hate to be that guy, but if you really want to play a stealth solo deck, I wonder if Trish is just a, a way better home for it because I feel like with with like if if you just decide I'm not going to kill things or I'm going to play like a couple of um, doorknobs or whatever instead of like the whole survival knife Alice package, like I wonder if. I wonder if you could just be a lot more efficient with that sort of Trish deck, but that's sort of a different thing. Like that doesn't mean this deck is bad. Yeah, it's yeah. A, that that would be more focused on like purely getting clues and not helping with enemies at all, uh, or, or barely using it. So I think this is pretty neat. Um, you also could you could swap out. There are some like basic skill cards in here, so you could swap those out if you want some some extra ways to get clues or um, extra ways to focus on passing other types. The only question is how does this uh, skids deck do against like generic bad encounter cards? Like that do very, very badly. You uh, got like take well, the initiative. He's got yeah he's gotta take the initiative and unexpected courages so that can beef up his lower willpower. Uh, I, f- I forget what on the land does. I don't know does he commit on the land? <laughs> um but uh yeah I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I think I think it's neat. I wonder if they thought about yeah. what what levels upgraded on the hunt. It's level three, so skids can't take level it. Level three, but, yeah. 
Oh, I uh, don't I, think you should really get on the hunt just to like. I don't think it's worth it. I especially think the level zero it. version. All right, fair enough. <laughs> I, well, I think if you don't get an enemy, you just use your like base three investigate to just find clues or whatever. It's, it's also four with Alice, right? Yeah, that's true. Alice. I am. I one thing I one thing that I think we would maybe do differently. I mean, we're big fans of Faustian Bargain on this podcast, so like I see the two emergency <laughs> caches here, and I think like I feel like if we were if one of us was taking this for a spin, those would probably end up becoming devil money cards. But uh, other than that, I mean, it's yeah, it's kind of hard to like pick out something that really you'd want to change about this. I, yeah. I agree. Yeah, Faustian Bargain is great. It's a good card. It's good. It's good really stuff. Good. So, Colin, uh, so we're over time. Colin, how many cabbages do you rate this deck? I think this is a solid three cabbages. It's pretty good. Three cabbages. <laughs> nice. But three out of five cabbages. It's pretty. It's pretty solid. We're right. uh, Why don't we? Why don't we go on to the next deck then? Let me Let's set my. Let me set my cabbage meter here. Um, all right. So. Uh, were you going to summarize this one, Dane? You want me to do it? Yeah. So this is a deck um, by Chirubim, uh, which is a person who I know and is hangs out in our Discord server and, and is a generally pretty cool person. They produce a lot of content. Um, and this deck is all about using everybody's favorite investigator, Duke, with uh, uh, our favorite guy, Seeker Ally, new Seeker Ally anyway, from Edge of the Earth, uh, Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy's Wern, <laughs> a.k.a. Jeremiah Kirby. Um, and the, the whole idea is that you have Jeremiah give you just a filthy amount of value through just playing him, naming odd, getting all of these wonderful odd cards in your hand, and then killing him, and then chance encountering him. And normally a chance encounter can just bring something out for, like, you know, a quick, like, Oh, if maybe you're using it on an art student if you're mint or something like that to pick up a clue without using an, uh, an action like that. But for Jeremiah, he's going to get you probably four or five cards because the entire deck is built around pulling up odd cards. And there's a lot of like nuances that, that uh, Truebeam kind of uh, makes note of in the, in the deck notes that we're not really going to get too much into just because there's there's like... Well, you can't run into the second copy of your your um, Jeremiah Kirby, but that's good because you're playing calling in favors and you want to fish him out super super cheap. Mm. So there's four ways to get a cop- like a Jeremy down with uh, just one resource, which is pretty cool. And you get to, you get to just churn through your deck as fast as some of the fastest uh, you know folks folks uh, investigators and folks in Arkham. So I think it's a pretty pretty cool pretty fun deck. Is this yeah. also a solo deck? I see a uh, here. It looks uh, it looks kind of solo-ish, but you know, maybe it, it, it's ta- it's tagged as both. I mean, I uh, t- some people play lone wolf outside of solo and just spend the entire game yelling at people <laughs> to not be on their space at the beginning of their turn. So it's, you, know, uh, it, you know, it usually works out pretty well. I gotta say, um, <laughs> unless someone tries to play safeguard for some dumb reason. But uh, no, but I think um, I mean, yeah, like we all, we often say that Ashcan is like the quintessential like intended for solo really not intended for like group play investigator but you know you could you could fit him in there if you really wanted to i like this a lot because um i've been playing a lot of sort of like 
green, yellow Jeremiah decks where everything is is even. Like I've been playing like Trish yeah. Monterey Jack decks where like every single card just about except for a couple is even. So you always play Jeremy, you always say even, you usually get like four or five cards. Um, I've wondered, you know, what would it look like if you try to do the same with odd cards? Obviously, Jeremiah himself is even, but that's okay. You you have room to have, like, a couple cards in your deck that are not um, odd costs. So I think this is cool because it's the first one of those that I've that I've seen. Yeah. Um, it's definitely very different. I mean, the fact that he's even benefits this deck because the idea is you don't want to draw him because you want to calling him favors him uh, right. at a reduced cost. Well, that's that's one thing that is missing from the even versions is yeah you you don't play calling in favors in those and calling in favors is very strong with with mm -hmm. Jeremy so that's that's pretty cool. I do have some questions about some of these though. I mean I I think I get the idea of the deck and it seems neat, but I'm curious about why there's so many um why there's so many one ofs. Like for instance, if Dark Horse is like a huge, it seems like Dark Horse is a big deal in this deck. Why not play two copies of Dark Horse just to get I just to get it, it out sooner? I think the idea is you're. Yeah. You're recurring Jeremy so much, like all the most of these one ofs are assets. You'll need one of them. I think the idea is like you don't want the double copies. Yeah, because uh, yeah, yeah, it's kind of like a toolbox, right? Because you can churn through your deck so fast, you can just kind of pick things up that you need. I guess I, I just like uh, it, it. Seems like if you do have a slow start, if you just happen to not mulligan into any allies, or you don't find a calling in favors, like you have, because you have you have two copies of calling in favors, and you have two Jeremys. If you don't hit one of those, are you just are you just kind of screwed? Like honest question, I don't know. Well, I think I think that's kind of if you're thinking about it as like a solo versus multiplayer deck, that's that's like where I mean, obviously. Uh, Duke is top dog in solo, right? So, like, Duke can do all the things anyway. You know, like, he's kind of just, like, really solid in solo. And the Kirby engine thing is kind of, like, icing on the cake to, like, get him to, like, overperform and maybe even, like, push him into the late game with being able to kill, like, super endgame bosses with, like, recurring ice picks and all the fire action antigens and stuff like that, is what I'm guessing anyway. Um, yeah, sure. But, I, I, all, yeah. all I'm asking is, like, w would the deck be a little bit more... Would it be a little more reliable with a couple more, like, the important assets, you maybe play two of them? Or is it really true that just because you have Duke as a backup, you just don't really care? And maybe, I don't know. You, you, I think you'd have to, you have to play it to see. I think the, the very funny suggestion in chat is, uh, if you're desperate for Kirby, do you calling in favors Duke? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. That's great. Oh, no. Uh, uh, man, that's that's really funny. So I, I forgot to set the timer again, but call it, call it, uh, what are your thoughts on this? And then why don't you give us a cabbage rating? There's, there's a lot of cards that cost one you're using Dark Horse. It kind of feels like you're trying to have it both ways and maybe Dark Horse shouldn't be in the deck, but it's a good point. I really, I really like the deck. I think, I think it's almost perfect. I think we got four cabbages here. Four cabbages. It's a pretty good rating. That that is that is a good point though. Like that's that's kind of one of the reasons why I why when I saw Jeremy, I immediately thought, oh, an all evens deck because zero is an even number, and one one is a pretty good number. One is like the best odd number in this case, but zero sure. is a much better number than one. So, yeah. but I mean, yeah, there's ways around I mean, it. Right? I mean, right. basically, almost all these cards cost uh, one. There's one or two of them that cost more. So I I think like you have the lone wolf. And the dark horse, you get the two money, and then you like immediately spend it to play something out or uh, use it up. So like it might not have it online all the time, but I think you can benefit enough from it. Plus, you have a uh, prophet prophetic 
prophetic, yeah, um, in the deck to help pay for some of your events because I think most I think these are all fortune events, maybe or spirits. So and prophetic lets you spend like the uh, you get like a recurring two money. You get a recurring two money you can use on fortune spell or spirit cards, and you go or you can spend that to like boost your skill value, like when you play those cards. Well, and speaking yeah. of boosting skill value, we we did, we haven't really talked much about cornered, but notice yeah. that that's notice that's a card that even though it hasn't even cost is in here. I think that mm-hmm. shows how important it is. And if you're drawing this many cards by recurring Jeremy, then cornered is going to be really nasty. Yeah, so that's cool. I mean, there's a decent number yeah. of cards here that like benefit from pulling stuff out of the discard pile. So like you can cornered uh, some of your expensive assets and or pull them back. From, Excuse me. You can you can corner it out like Moonstone or like winging it or something to put it in your discard pile and then play it uh, with the be- the better benefit from them. So I'm yeah, not exactly. Scavenging in the deck. It's a, it's a <laughs> hey, yeah. I, scavenging I, ice pick is a is a ridiculous combo <laughs> in any deck. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So four four out of five cabbages, right, Colin? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Four out of five cabbages for sure. All right. What's uh? Yeah. What's what's? Should we move on to the next deck? Are we th- th- are we satisfied with this one? Yes. Uh. So, uh, let me turn my timer back on. Well, Sultry says it's not both ways. You take the resource always during upkeep and spend it via alter fate, test of will, a chance encounter when you first get a chance. That makes sense. Also, quartering all the Doyle cats. <laughs> that's pretty neat because they mm-hmm. they can come back in from the discard pile. Yeah. A lot of value. It also I mean, back in the one deck. Yeah. All right, why don't we take a look at the next deck? So, um, I don't know if we mentioned it, but we are gonna we'll link these all in the blog post uh, and in the, like the YouTube video and stuff if people aren't able to find them based on the names or whatever. Uh, but this one is called uh, Daniela Damage Bender Doomer Mover. It's a deck guide by Valentine One Three Three One. They've done a bunch of like uh, starter decks and like uh, like interesting build decks on Arkham DB. I've found a bunch of them. We just kind of picked one that seemed cool. Uh, the main gist of this one is it focuses on utilizing Aquina. I think is how you yes. say her name. Um, and uh, using her trigger, uh, which her the upgraded version, level 3 version, uh, whenever an enemy attacks you, you can exhaust her. Um, she'll take a horror and that enemy will deal damage to itself. Um, in addition to combing with Daniela's natural ability of when enemies attack her, she can react to evil deal damage or evade them. Um, and then there's which is which is fun because I think when we initially reviewed Daniela when she first came out, that was one of the kind of slightly more off the wall suggestions that we said was like, oh, maybe this would be an interesting deck to try Aquina in, which is a card that we all forgot about after the core set, basically. So she's the forgotten daughter. Yeah, yeah, so it's it's neat to see it's neat to see someone really run with that and like make a make a make a deck that's like really trying to get the most out of that card. Yeah. So the the whole deck is kind of focused on either stuff that like reacts to Daniel taking damage. So there's other stuff like guard dog in here. Um or if needed, there's stuff like dodging like it dodges or, or flesh wards to absorb extra damage. Uh and then like bandages to heal and whatnot. Um or it has uh yeah, stuff for soaking and healing, like uh keepsakes or, or hauled mirror um other stuff like that so she so she can spend she does like most of her damage basically from things attacking her um which is kind of you know that's kind of the whole focus of dan dan this is kind of deck i think i want to try out 
I know when I played a Diana, I think I just went heavy into what was it, Sledgehammer and Sledgehammer yeah, things mostly. Daniela, yeah, the bat, the bat uh, hammer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the please yeah, shortcut yeah. me hammer. The only weapon we have is the wrench here. <laughs> yeah, there, there, yeah. There's no weapons other than the one that is included with her. Which I mean, that by itself is a very strong weapon. And if she's trying to force enemies to attack her every turn, um, anyway, and deal passive damage, then that's great. Um, but it is yeah. it is surprising that there's not like some other random weapon in there just as like a backup. But yeah, maybe you don't need it. Well, this is the level zero deck. Like, there's a some suggested upgrades like uh, fire extinguisher and like brute force to do extra damage when you hit something. I guess that's it for weapons suggested. So, but oh, she already has vicious blows. Uh, and then, and yeah. So I think it looks like the idea is to kind of morph into like a deja vu deck later. And use like burn after reading and fortune or fate and stuff like that. And then obviously a fire extinguisher, you absolutely need to use it. But like, I've always been interested in those sorts of like ideas and decks. And I've built a couple of survivor decks to try and figure out like how to navigate deja vu. But I like the idea that burn after reading, like once you're at the last scenario, you can just, just like exile cards with impunity and, and get a lot of value out of just like removing doom from things, which is really powerful. So yeah. Oh yeah, and Captain Farnes points out that Enchanted Blade is in there too. Like you don't see it oh, because yeah. it doesn't go in the hands hand slot. Yeah. But the, so that yeah, that is the other weapon. Mm-hmm. That is, I feel like that's now maybe like the most commonly played weapon in the game. Weirdly, for at least yeah. for Guardians, like it's like I Machete like every, 2.0, right? It is really good, and and it's a more interesting card than Machete. But like every deck plays it in in a good way. Like it's a good card. So yeah. we've got uh, we've got Deja Vu, but we don't have Tess of Will in here to like get your like Ancient Evils and stuff out. Yeah, test of will might be pretty good, right? Yeah, what's her will for? Yeah, so yeah. like like even yeah. the upgraded ones that could help that could be something else to target. Yeah, I mean I think the the deck, like once it's fully upgraded, I think it's still fairly low experience. Uh, I don't remember if that was listed here. Uh oh geez, there's lots lots of stuff here. Uh, yeah, I think deja vu is like the most expensive thing, right? Because that's like it, it looks like <laughs> Daniela changes the matrix, making black cats appear and dooms mm-hmm. disappear. That's like very much leaning towards like late. You're gonna want a deja vu. You're gonna want to use like all the cool like exile cards. Yeah, here's the full XP version. That, so. I just I just pulled it up. So it's only 35 experience. Uh, you know, assuming you don't have to spend extra experience on exiling, which the deja vu is supposed to help with that. But then like if you get more experience, they do suggest going test of will and alter fate to to do even more control of the encounter deck and and doom. So. Uh, I don't, yeah, I, I think it's pretty neat. Oh man, it gets, they get Bangle of Jinxes in here. That wasn't listed on the original deck. Bangle of Jinxes. Jinxes. We love, we love that. Yeah. We love that Bangle of Jinxes. No, so. I mean that that that's really solid. That's very fun for Daniela. Yeah. I gotta say, I mean, yeah, this definitely seems fun, and I I would defer to Ben because I know he's played Daniela, so he's better better suited to like assess this. I re- I would love to get Test of Will in here because that that just seems like I mean she has the four will and she she can she has the deja vu to like re you know rebuy it if she needs to exactly. but that th- I just think that would be like a pretty straight upgrade over something like um like uh like Take Heart or, or even like a uh, Glory like I know that those are giving you some very limited card draw when you don't really have access to like really great card draw in these colors but I would just I would love to get some Test of Will in here. Yeah, I mean, it could also depend on, on your player count, too. Like, Test of Will is not... I don't know if Test of Will is as good in, like, solo, because it um, you don't draw through the whole encounter deck as much in solo, so you might not even hit, like, Ancient Evils or whatever other bad card you're worried about. 
Um, but you know, I could see depending on your comp pulling that in. Like, like this is just you know a suggested path. They actually go into a lot of detail of different options on the guide. This is like a very a very thorough guide. I, I, so I, I noticed one, one of them out. is the one of them is the Lonnie plus heavy furs combo that Dane likes. It's one of the things that they suggest as a possibility. It's oh, yeah. always good. I don't think it'll ever be bad. <laughs> yeah, the yeah they're worried about it because it doesn't. They don't have too much of a draw engine, so you'd have to take before some stuff we, out. So before we before we consult Colin for a cabbage, um, I was trying to think of a word that starts with C that means like rate the deck. But uh, I have one last thing to ask, which is serious question: how how good do you guys think it is to be able to like? just roll back doom like multiple times in a stereo like we t we talk a lot about like you know warding ancient evils is really good but i don't think any of us has ever played a deck where you're trying to just like remove doom consistently multiple times in every scenario like would that open up possibilities like could you could p other people play differently and make the game easier or make it go better or do you do you think there's a risk that we would just like finish things early and not need it uh i, I think yeah, I think we've played some Rolling Back Doom stuff before, but we, I don't know if we've ever gone too heavy into it. It gives you a little bit of a buffer, um, and some scenarios are, like, very tight. Uh, I think That's especially true. in some of the, the later campaigns we've played, they're a lot lot tighter. Some of the earlier like, search, ones, I think, search, would be like... Like, Search for Kadath, mm -hmm. if you could buy yourself an extra couple of turns, you would love yes. to do it. Oh, yeah. totally. Yeah, there's a lot of scenarios where, like, the next step of difficulty hinges off of, like advancing from agenda one to agenda two right like there's there's a lot of agendas or, or things like search for Kadath where it's like i i need to have like one more turn and if i could have two that would be just like fantastic you know um but ultimately like our sort of experience is exactly what Hul sultries is um who says i'd rather wa loop watchful yep. peace than doom removal but i guess we got that patched so I this mean, is yep. this is what we have <laughs> <laughs> that we i did didn't i play was that what i played in the daniela yes. deck yeah I, oh, yeah I looped i looped that shirt over and over again and it made it very easy <laughs> well you're yes. no the real the really bonkers shirt deck was ben silas deck that yeah, did yeah. that but you could that's you right. could do it in, in right. other things too yeah so all right Colin. Yeah, some, the the doom removal cards do exile but mm. deja vu is purchased so that you can kind right. of have Get that it. bit of a discount and, and, the, like, and the, the weapons are like pretty solid anyway. Like fire extinguisher is just a super reliable weapon. So and and it is it's like a low XP deck. So once you have the basics upgraded, you would have XP with Deja Vu to just keep rebuying the the Doom exactly. back cards every every scenario. Um, yeah. Colin, what do you what do you think about this deck? How many how many cabbages do you want to assign to this deck? I mean, like Fortune of Fate is more applicable than Test of Will. I, I maybe Test of Will should still be in this deck. But I think we got—it's uh, a good deck. Three cabbages. Three cabbages. Three cabbages. Right. I like it. Nice. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty good cabbage rating. All right. Why pretty don't good. we go on to the next deck then? Um, so this is uh, called Patrice Hathaway slays the spire. Uh, it's for hard mode. It's by uh, German Joey. Uh, I know that. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> The idea with this is that we run Patrice, and it uses uh, Mind's Eye, uh, which, uh, as a reminder, Mind's Eye is an asset that takes up two arcane slots, costs two XP, and has three secrets on it. And when you would you, when you would test anything or any of the skills other than uh, Will, you can spend a secret to test Will instead. And it's a myriad card, so uh, you can get three copies of it for two, basically two experience. 
And then you can also discard copies from your hand to add two secrets back onto Mind's Eye. So the whole idea with this deck, I believe, is you... There's a very big graphic here of some very scary bears. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> Parental advisory. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, the idea is you you basically use Mind's Eye to do, like, any test <laughs> um, with your willpower. Uh, and you boosted willpower a little bit by using Cornered and Moonstone. And then it runs a whole bunch of events, uh, which is pretty typical for Patrice because she dumps a whole land every turn. Um, but it also runs on your own, so at least all of her survivor events uh, are like too cheaper. So a lot of them are basically free. I think all of the ones in here are free, actually. Oh, not Trial by Fire, but um, yeah. So I mean, yeah, that's the whole idea. Is like you use Mind's Eye uh, comboed with like maybe Cornered if needed to like pass any test, um, and then use your events to like increase your efficiency. So you know, there's things like you know, look what I found, or, or Drawn to the Flames, or. Uh, uh, read the signs, special laser, that stuff, uh, to blow things up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the other cool part about the deck is that it, it makes extensive use of improvised weapon and, and winging it, <laughs> with the uh, exceptional on your own, right? So you never have to pay resources if you're using it just once a turn. But um, you are consistently doing pretty solid, like, two damage, getting two clues, and then transferring that into your will, which makes it actually pretty reliable, right? Because you've got you've got a moonstone that you're going to discard, and Patrice is just going to have, and then you've got your four of cups. So you're going to be up at six, and then you can convert the uh, the improvised weapon and winging it tests to will, which is pretty good, honestly. I do I do have a quick question for Rules Master Ben. I noticed that oh. Rise to the Occasion is in this deck, right? So that's a it's three wild symbols, but you can only commit it to a skill test you're performing if the difficulty is at least two higher than your base skill value. So I assume the reason that's in here is you could do say a combat test, commit Rise to the Occasion, and then trigger Mind's Eye to turn it into a will test, and you'd still get the symbols. Is that how this would work? Uh, let's see, what does Mind's Eye do? Mind's Eye changes it to a willpower test, so I don't think that works. I think Rise of Occasion is, is, a, is as a backup for if you don't have your Mind's Eye online. Okay. Um, or if it runs out of charges, maybe? Yeah, I guess that well, makes sense. I mean, there's stuff, there's stuff to refill charges, like you're cycling your deck every seven yeah, no, or whatever, I, and yeah, you, know, have, that, you have Enraptured. I, yeah, I, I guess that's how Mind's Eye work, is you don't just get to like trigger that at some point when you're doing a test, when you're deciding what to commit. You have to do it right when you initiate the test, right? Because yeah. otherwise, you could do weird stuff like commit something when it's a book test, and then turn it into a will test, and then are those icons still committed? So, so it seems like you can't have it both ways. You have to decide right. when you're beginning to do the test whether you want to make it into a will test or not. Yeah. But like like a lot of these cards we're committing are if you don't want to do a dual test, like Promise of Powers, uh, Rise of the Occasion, and then you have your corner to throw away whatever you want to give yourself another plus two. So uh, yeah. What I mean, do you guys what do you guys think about open gate in Patrice? I think we I think we, we respect open gate as like a very strong card in a lot of scenarios, but it is a little bit tricky to play it in Patrice because you sort of only have one chance to play it when you draw it and you might not be in the location where you want to play it. I mean, I, I think I, I'm not saying it's bad to play it in Patrice, but like, would you guys, would you guys keep that in there? Or would you sub it out for something else? Um, yeah, my, my experience was it was hard to pull off, but I haven't played Patrice too much. So 
Um, is there a way to recur it out of the graveyard or something, or, or is she just forced to play it when she when she I know, draws I was, it out? I was gonna say if there's like a resourceful or something, but resourceful I don't think gives you will, so that would be kind of weird with the whole mind's eye theme. So I, I think, think it that also, it's just if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. Doesn't resourceful only get you a red card as well? Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Um, I mean, but it'd be scavenged. It's also the thing is you need you need to find forty cards, which is a lot, and you there's a you know it's 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 a reasonable I, I think it's reasonable to put three of them in there and maybe you just chuck them away in a corner or something. So yeah, like like they're there if you need them. Uh, depending on the scenario, you might like drop one on one into the board if if you look out with your timing. Uh, it is in there. It is in their category of uh, like extra utilities because basically the meat of the deck is the mind's eye and everything else here is yeah. Just like they call it grease, grease to to make it kind of run smoother. So, I might. Uh, I mean, this is sort of similar to what I said about one of those other decks, but I might play a second cornered and a second moonstone, though. If it was me, uh, yeah, I don't. The second cornered, yeah. Cornered. I think me a second cornered this deck. Yeah. I mean this. Yeah, this is a low. This is like the basic XP, right? Uh, of eleven. So oh, sure. This is, yeah. this is the minimal requirements to get the deck running. So, sure. uh, right. you know, I imagine you get cornered, you get more moonstones, you get relic hunter. Actually, it's. Did they have an experience section? I remember if this one did. Uh, yeah, they have a couple suggestions. Oh, yeah, they go for Yuka Catastrophe and Ultra Fate because you can cycle them through your deck relatively easily and pull them back. Um, but yeah, yeah, they talk about like uh, Test of Wills in here and Strokes of Luck, Moonstone Blitz Relic Hunter, all that jazz. So yeah, it seems neat. I, I when was the last time you played Patrice? It might have been. It might have been. Might have been at like Arkham Knights twenty nineteen, uh, and it got wrecked by Jeremy. <laughs> but I don't. I don't remember. I don't know if I've played it. If I played with people playing her, but yeah. Uh, yeah. See, yeah. Oh, people see, are saying Rise to the Occasion is an emergency panic button for Watcher, and for me, I was thinking, mm, wait, isn't that the thing from the Circle Undone? But no, no her, it is her weakness. weakness. Yeah, Watcher. <laughs> I clearly also have not played her in a, in a in a minute. That that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because you <laughs> yeah, want to have because sure. like I, I've been playing Trish recently, and it's a, it's a sort of a similar thing where like the Shadow Agents, you don't really know when it's going to come out, and it's very you can definitely deal with it as long as you have like a big chunky agility card to commit to it or some like card that can deal with it. So you just, you always want to have that card in hand when you draw it. And I think Patrice is the same way with the watcher. Yeah. So having more skill cards in here gives her extra protection. That makes sense. All right, Colin, what do you think of this deck? Uh, hmm. I think we're going with a two and a half cabbages. We'll round up Colin, I don't, I don't have a two and a half cabbages <laughs> graphic prepared, so I need only, only whole cabbages, please. Um, we should have prepared better, Ben. Like, I, yeah. Half a cabbage is I, a long cabbage. I thought, I thought about it, but then I would have had to prepare like five more graphics, and that, that would have been a lot of work, Colin. So, uh, <laughs> one, three, one three cabbages. One thing I want to point out before we move on is, um, folks in chat are talking about having Mind's Eye be sort of a vehicle for burn after reading, because it only takes you 2 XP to get 3 copies of mm. a level 2 card. And burn after reading, uh, if you if you exile a level 2 card along with it, you get the uh, the Doom removal bonus as, in addition to the 2 clues. So, like, that's... I feel like, anyway, Sultry, Sultry was kind of talking with me about this mm. uh, earlier, and it's, it's like, you you really do just get value. Like, that's the most value, I think, that you could get out of Burn After Reading in terms of, like, XP for for exile ratio, maybe. So I thought that was kind of yeah. neat. And you could, you could always do that on the scenario, right? When you know it's the last scenario, throw in two Burn After Readings, and then you can just get get things gone, which is really neat. So yeah, that's, that's a good point. 
Yeah. Interesting. It's a deep I was curious if, if Deja Vu worked on like the random cards you exile them after reading, but it does because it doesn't require them to actually be exile cards. It's just that you had to have exiled them. So yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I have one. I have one last question again because I, I don't think I played Patrice really. Is Last Chance like is that a good card in Patrice or is it a seems like it would be good but it's always very frustrating and it doesn't work card because well, you, your hand good. has to be like mostly empty for it to be good right. Yeah, it's very good. Okay. No, if, if you've got two corn, it's very good. Yeah, like you, oh, yeah. If, if you have two corn, exactly. you can definitely dump your hand uh, to like get that last chance bonus going. So I think it's solid. That that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it, for I mean, sure. Th- yeah. This one seems really fun. I think like the only thing I would try to do is fit a second moonstone, a second cornered. But like other than that, it just seems really solid. And I, and I'm impressed because Mind's Eye is a card that like when it came out, I think we looked at it, and we were like, eh, I don't know about this. But I mean, if you want yeah, to Mind's Eye. Eye. Well, okay, Dan, Dan likes it, but like <laughs> this, but this does seem like if you're gonna play Mind's Eye, this is about as good a deck that you mm-hmm. can possibly make to play Mind's Eye. Yeah, definitely seems fun. Uh, and he, I note that this deck was published, uh, I think, over a year ago, so I think it was it would have been before Edge of the Earth cards came out. Oh yeah, um, got a lot so of like, tools there. Now. Yeah, so uh, definitely, oh, yeah. So there's definitely more options you can throw in there. Right? That, we had from Edge of the Earth. I oh, know I have to remember all that in the Earth cards. You could play, um, I, just, I just wanted to point Survivor. out that we could use them. There's <laughs> like that card that lets you add charges. You can put that on like. Oh yeah, yeah. Winds of change. Winds of power. Uh, well, this is right. this is secrets. Does that add secrets too? Uh, it does not. Good, good call. But, it does not. But you, have, but, but you have enraptureds, and you have although enraptured. See, the thing is, I think enraptured is one where it would be difficult to commit it if you're consistently using your will to investigate. So that's another card I might think about cutting, but I, mean, I, I don't know though. I mean, it, it's in here. Like we gotta assume that maybe there is a way well, to play it. But, but you have an action, and you can chuck additional copies of Vine's Eye. So I think you could keep it going yeah. that way. Yeah, yeah, you could also just corner it, right? Yeah, yeah. I also I didn't I didn't look at like if this card has any like this this deck has like additional draw to like make her psycho deck even faster. Um, if it does, obviously that helps. Really need that the trees, though. I mean, getting... she, yeah, she she's like with her deck like every seven turns or eight turns or whatever, but just just by like not trying. But then you know anything on top of that can make it go faster. But usually I don't worry about that either. All right, so let's let's go to the last deck because uh, we've been talking about these for a while, and yeah, we have some other other business to get to. Uh, so this is called the world's worst Mandy deck. <laughs> <laughs> it's, by, it's by sub-zero joe and i think i think they made it as in response to a challenge from uh uh from uh, nate from lost in time and space uh that you can possibly make a bad mandy mandy thompson deck uh and they they kind of rose the challenge here um this is not actually a good deck i just thought it was very funny Oh really? Uh, really? No, it's, it's not good then. You're saying it's not secretly I, good, even even though even 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 though Mandy is in here, uh, it, it is not secretly good. Uh, it has one of it everything. <laughs> it has versatile and has force learning, uh, so that her deck's even bigger. Underworld uh, support as well. Uh, it has every every bad seeker card. Uh, I, I, <laughs> think, card. I think the only <laughs> disappointment for me with this deck is that they didn't go with a fifty card Mandy deck. But with Underworld support, I honestly don't know if that is actually like a thing that you can do. I don't know if you can fit. A, what is it, it like sixty cards? Where's what is it, Underworld? It, it, it is. It is a fifty card Mandy deck. Underworld support makes it forty five. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It is. 
it is really impressive that this isn't even trying to make the biggest Mandy deck possible, and it's still terrible. <laughs> well, like, if, you, if you if you made it bigger, you might have to start putting in like good secret cards. Like you, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, there are there are. It, it, it takes a lot of work to avoid all of the good secret Cause, cards because this also avoids yeah. like all anything that can search. Uh, it has like one of those of like cards that you need multiples of, like myriad cards. Oh second, yeah, open gate. Hour, get that gate. one value open gate in there. Hell yeah. yeah. So Very I guess will. I guess the question is is we we have a card we to reveal from the secret keys, and uh, I don't this card alone I don't think will make this deck better um, or, or playable. I may technically make it better if you put it in. Uh, chat says if you made the deck a base 50 Mandy deck it would probably make the deck better because then you'd have to start putting good cards in your deck yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes so, probably true so it it, it is yeah I, I'm glad we're talking about this obviously it's kind of it's like a troll deck right like you wouldn't actually play this but we've talked so much in the in previous episodes about all of the like bonkers amazing Mandy decks that uh, that you can play and how much fun they are and how much we all love them all, all three of us uh, so. it, it, it feels fun to, to look at the other side of the coin on that and talk about like well it is possible to make a not very good Mandy deck uh, if you really, really I, work I, at it. I played a Mandy deck too. You did? All four of us. All four of us. Not just all three of us. It <laughs> yeah. is so, true, yeah. Helen, what, 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 what was your Mandy experience like playing Mandy recently? Good good time? It, fun was, it, was, it was real good. Even like like acknowledges by things like dislike if it means kind of good or whatever. I did put them in the deck. It was still amazing. It still got all the clues and stuff. Well, great. the pendant the is absurd, so... <laughs> yeah, I think the best part about this deck is that it's not something that incentivizes me to get up and walk away from the desk while Dan takes 10-minute <laughs> Maddie turns. But I could just sit here and watch him flail. And, I mean, he could get clues. It's 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 just like Captain Farney said. It's still Investigate 5, right? It's like, true. So, exactly. Yeah, this, this is yeah. still better than most Survivor decks, honestly. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I just want to throw out there... I love Mandy. Mandy's great. I hope they never ban or nerf Mandy. Keep it coming. It's amazing. We we love what you're doing, Mandy. Keep it up. That's that's all I have to say about this. There, there's got to be a taboo that's coming soon. I don't know if we'll see Mandy on anything. Yeah, the, that, I think but... maybe they should probably take Scrapper up to like five XP. Just, I think it's, it's, just, it's a little it's a little too good, right? Now. I feel like you're confused the purpose of the, of the taboo last stand. All right, uh, so Colin, uh, I guess quickly, what what do you want to rate this deck? How many cabbages? This is this is real bad. This is zero cabbages. Oh, zero, zero, cabbages. zero cabbages. I don't have a graphic for that either. Cabbages. But but if if we had another scale that wasn't about how wholesome and good the deck is, but about how like impressively creatively awful it was, it would be like five out of five on whatever that is, right? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. What's yeah, what's the opposite of a cabbage, Colin? Like, question. It's like, like a, a slab of like. What about a what about a coconut? Because it grows above the ground, it's sweet, and it's like hard instead of kind of like soft and leafy. Sultry says a potato, but that's also yeah, yeah five potatoes. Kind of isn't it an egg, an eggplant is like a is sort of like a potato but you, herbal, you, in terms of nutritious value. You have to you have to boil cabbages and potatoes. So what about um? Isn't a meatball kind of like a meat cabbage? Kind of like I'm trying to think of something that's similar to a cabbage but made out of meat. I know I don't know how to eat meatball in Oregon. I'm very trying. You've, you've, yeah, you, you, you in with the root of Vega. Yeah, mm. eh, that could be it. Well, whatever, whatever it is, whatever it is, five out of five of those for being a, a hilariously <laughs> and creatively bad deck. All right, uh, let's let's move on to looking at this card uh, that FFG provided to us. That is from the upcoming. 
sort of released, sort of announced uh, Scarlet Keys <laughs> campaign expansion. Uh, at some point. There's still no actual FFG article about it, but there's like a tweet about it. And obviously MJ and Duke have talked about it a bunch. And we've seen, uh, I think we've seen some spoilers. Uh, Mythos Busters spoiled one of the uh, investigators uh, a couple weeks ago, Charlie Kane. Uh, so his cards are floating out there. Uh, but let's take a look at this card. Uh, it is, in fact, a Seeker card. Uh, some people have gotten it from the chat, and uh, here it is. So this is Captivating Discovery. Uh, it is a lovely art in your background. Yeah, that is the art by uh, Stephen Summers of Rex falling off a ladder, uh, I think, <laughs> uh, while, making, <laughs> while making an amazing uh, conspiracy uh, map, which I always approve of. So uh, the card itself is a level zero seeker event. Uh, it's cost one, has an intellect and agility icon on it, uh, and it is an insight, like every Ooh. seeker, like every single seeker event. Uh, <laughs> so the ability is search the top six cards of your deck. You may place up to three of your clues on your location. For each clue placed in this way, choose and add two of the search cards to your hand. Shuffle your deck. Uh, and there's there's a quote that says, "Don't you realize what this means? Uh, why don't you calm down and tell me very slowly?" Uh, yeah, I, Rex, I assume don't put your ladder off the wall and probably like, I, break your skull. He's, on he's unlucky. He's, I think he's, you know. It's... <laughs> his glasses are already falling. They're fa- he's he's already. Like uh, this is like a half a second after he's he's realized you know he's solved the puzzle like, he's looking at a little piece of paper, um, but yeah. you know he's lost his balance because he's holding it up to like whatever map he has on the ceiling or whatever. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> nice. flying out of here. I gotta say, I think we've joked before that the average seeker card, if you were to just kind of like randomly generate one. Is like a card where the title means something like learn information or find something out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the art is like a person looking at books or maps or pa- or pages, and it like is an insight that gets you cards, right? And this checks yeah. all of those boxes. Like the, the title, the title of the card, Captivating Discovery. It sounds really similar to Astounding Revelation, right? Exactly. Uh, you know, connect the dots, and we love it. We, you know, that's that's yeah. just seeker bullshit. We love it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, the the card itself is is pretty interesting. Um, I mean, we 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 I, I threw that joke Mandy up Mandy deck up ahead of time because obviously she can it's a it's another search effect she could use so she can right. I think pay less clues or look to get more cards or or look at more cards and when she does the search um, but in general uh, it definitely seems very neat um, because yeah. seekers are good at getting clues they're good at drawing cards uh, this kind of accelerates both well it accelerates the latter <laughs> yeah real diamond can use it for free like. That's Neil true. Diamond. Or jo- Joe <laughs> Diamond. Joe, Joe Diamond. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Diamond. Neil, 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 Neil's brother. Or, or Neil's great great grandfather yeah. or something. Um, I think the thing that I think is interesting about this card is that, like, so Mandy, generally, like, when, when Dan plays Mandy, there's just always the line of text that, that Mandy's effect is, is just that, like, she gets to pick an additional card. Yeah. And you kind of forget about the three extra cards that she can grab. And, like, this is worded in a way where if you were to explicitly use it for the the express purpose of putting down three clues to get like six cards you actually do want to use her ability for the extra three cards rather than the extra card because if you put down three clues you could only get up to six cards and it would just be like a whiff kind of in that perspective anyway so it's kind of interesting in that way too mandy can get three extra cards just one extra card from this 
she she can search three extra cards, and then that gives her more exactly. options options for which ones she picks to to put into her hand. It's yeah, it is interesting that it doesn't you don't draw them. Chat's mentioning, so you can't trigger. Yeah, them. I, that's true. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta say, I do wish that it was like look at seven cards because then you could drop three clues and with Mandy get all seven, which would be <laughs> which would probably be more fun than like you know looking at eight and picking six or whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, I mean it's it is like I I think that I, I think it's definitely a pretty solid card. I'm not sure if it would fit into like the most min maxed Mandy decks because the thing is, there's this guy called Mr. Rook that is really really good, and oh, yeah? the goal is the goal is just kind of to trigger him every turn, and then you then you get to trigger Mandy without spending an action because this does cost yeah. an action, right? Like it's not fast, but I mean you could definitely put this in a very good Mandy deck, and it would be really good. Yeah, I mean right. Rook was the cost experience. This is is level zero, so that's true. Yeah, that's very true. Um, yeah, I mean, you can technically, and and this is just completely random thought. You could technically like drop zero clues, and still search the top six cards to trigger like research uh-huh. things, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if well, you, and, if you and, wanted to. And and in fact, I, I'm not actually sure how the timing would work in this, but remember, Mandy's signature card is um, another secret card that means like find something out. I forget what it's called, but it's um, <laughs> it's the one. Is that shocking discovery? I, I don't know, but sure. it's, it, shocking, shocking discovery is her treachery or her weakness. Okay, okay. But see, the, the names all sound kind of similar. But it, it, it's a research card where you immediately discover a clue, right? Or, or if you if you draw it, you can basically spend an action to shuffle it back in. So I wonder how the timing would work out. I think you might be able to, like, um, you know, look at six cards, see that one of them is that signature card, decide to drop a clue knowing that you can resolve that signature and pick it back up. I'm not sure if that works, but it'd be cool if it did. Uh, it looks... I, I believe... Uh, I can never remember. It's not simultaneous because you're doing these in steps. So I think you could place the clues and then add them to your hand. And I don't remember when you trigger the search deck. The the search is when yeah, you that, do the. That, that's uh, no, a call evidence is when you do the search. So that would be before you drop the clues. Unfortunately. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah, so. well. But you could pick up a clue and then use it to get more cards. So yeah. it's still you know it, like if you. If you if you only had two clues in hand, but you really want to, well, if you had one clue in hand and you want to get four of these cards plus the research card you're taking, then you could you know get it get it from the research card and then spend two clues, drop two so, clues to get four of the other five. What, what about other than Mandy? Uh, I mean, there's <laughs> there's other investigators. Break away from the world of Mandy for a minute. What are we talking about here? <laughs> so I mean, people in chat are, are mentioning like Roland would be pretty cool with this, right? Because he kind of picks up auto clues, so you can. Yeah eventually like cash them out so to speak for for this sort of effect which is honestly great like guardians again are thirsting it's, for some card draw it's true yeah do you, do you know who gets an extra clue in his speech featured in this art it, it's rex murphy <laughs> that is true um, i i mean i, I haven't played rex that, like rex is so years. good at picking up clues it's less costly for him to drop some now and mm-hmm. then because that kind of makes sense That's, I, I, I don't think you need all six of the cards you search. You can probably yeah, choose two. <laughs> <laughs> I, Wrong. You, you, yeah, you, you could theoretically not draw, take all six cards. Um, like maybe there's weaknesses in there or some other reason you don't want to pull them in. Um, but I don't know. I, I think like a lot of the time you're going to want to want to like drop two and three because a lot of your secret cards are going to help you pick up those clues more efficiently anyway. Uh uh, did we mention, did we mention like running. Roland or, or Trish? Like a, this is a way to like, like Trish can automatically pick up the clues again using her passive. Roland obviously has, he kills monsters to pick the clues back up. Or you can this is a way to like someone mentioned in chat like if he, if his weakness is out near the end of the game he need to 
there's no clues to pick up because you're holding them all right oh, you, could, you can dump them and pick yeah, them back yeah. up oh yeah well so batboy uh mentioned wild speculation does this do we want to speculate about the secret investigator more generally do we want to do any completely baseless theorizing or speculating about like could this card be an example of any like kind of mechanical themes that we're going to see in the new set or anything like that like do um, we think that there's going to be like like is the kind of seeker mechanical theme in this set going to be clue dropping for instance or something like that maybe not but i mean we could it, randomly it, it very well could be i think it. is uh do we think daryl is the seeker or do we think he's the survivor i don't uh i don't remember I don't think, so we don't have a survivor main like zero to five and a seeker zero to two yet and that's sort of what I was thinking would suit Daryl, but mm. he could be the seeker. I'm not. I'm not honestly the, sure. We also have Vincent in there, and he could kind of slip into Survivor as like a oh, healer sure. type Survivor. Yeah. Uh, Charlie Kane's obviously neutral. There's two, two new purely new investigators. Uh, one of them is like a, a phone operator, and she looks. She look. Her art looks. Are, she looks kind of mystic-y in her art, I think. And the other one is like we. I don't think we don't no. know what their deal is other than like their art is they're maybe driving or something they're possibly driving but uh shoot who's the other who's the other person that is in the in the expansion hmm all right sultry sultry drop the l word in chat oh now luke. we have to talk about luke luke has, luke has super <laughs> oh oh that yeah that's very funny like luke could drop the clues in his like clue zone or in his, in his really gate zone and then, and then <laughs> it, de- it despawns Oh jeez! <laughs> I mean, it. It could be good in some ways because you could play it and avoid dropping clues on a victory location or something. Near the end of the game, yeah. You know. I'm trying to find. I can't. I can't remember who the sixth investigator is, but I don't know. Uh, I kind of like the idea that maybe uh, Daryl, like, he has a camera, so other than him being required to like run two Hawkeye folding cameras all the time, maybe his special camera will like let him pick up extra clues when he does stuff. So he's like motivated to have clues on the ground to like be able to take pictures or something. I don't know. I <laughs> I don't have much, I don't have much speculation on that end. Oh, it's Carson, the butler. Carson. Oh yeah. He's, Carson. he seems, I mean, I get, I don't remember his backstory. Is he, he's he basically, he, is he basically, uh, you know, Batman's butler? Is he basically, <laughs> um alfred alfred <laughs> yeah is that his deal maybe um he could be a guardian or a survivor maybe i don't know uh ho- hopefully some of some of the other cards that are previewed um over the next couple weeks will will give us more hints so yeah uh, i mean for now though we've got other cards like quick study and um inquiring mind right this kind of would turn on inquiring mind should you have two in your deck you can kind of like reliably have clues on a location right so it's that's not bad yeah. I wish this card was fast though. That would be really cool. I mean, fast draw yeah. six cards seems inc- is very would be very, very fast. I mean that, that's, that's uh, kind of the dirty secret about the secret card pool. It's like as good as this card is, it's like, oh, I don't know. A, a non fast card has to be so good for me to put it into a deck at this point. Like this is really solid and I might play it, but like there's so many cards that you can just draw cards and do stuff with that don't take you any actions at all. It's like, ooh, do I really want to spend an action on this? I mean maybe. Yeah. But I mean there's stuff that yeah. turns I on that's the more action of getting the clues back. Um... There's the bird there's the bird card that makes insights fast or whatever, right? Uh oh, for, um, foresight, um, yeah. Bat boy yeah, chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so, Parallel Roland can also play something fast. I think it's tactics and maybe insights. I don't remember. 
But yeah, uh, I don't remember. I don't remember all of his uh, special special cards. Um, Wait, who is this? Parallel, Parallel Roland. One of his directives yeah, gives him the ability to play some events fast by yeah. some means. So I mean, there's, there's ways to make it fast. So if you can think of a way to utilize that, um, you know, that just increases its power. So uh, I don't. I, I'm sure. I'm sure people can speculate more about its power. Uh, I guess we're now going to force Colin to attempt to use this card. Uh, and make a deck with it, <laughs> or at least has it has it in there uh, is, on the spot. Not on the spot, but uh, you know. Does does that sound <laughs> right, right to you, Colin? Like, is is this card interesting enough to activate your Colin uh, preferences? I mean, it's it's not that good, but I think we can work with it. Uh, right. Do you I think, want? It? I think I think we're bringing Rex Murphy back. I think. Oh. We're bringing Lexi <laughs> back, right? In Eldritch, Eldritch Horror, <laughs> he was like really. Really Colin, but then like they made him too good in in Arctic cards, but then they nerfed him with the taboo. So I think I think we're bringing him back for Captain Discovery. He's All still right, pretty um, solid. I would love, yeah, I would love, to, I would love to hear from Chad if anybody still plays Rex, because <laughs> I kind of like just put him down. I yeah, I haven't played Rex uh, since they nerfed him because I was like other seekers are have an ability and are interesting. But I mean, Rex does have the the Dunwich Five. So he can do some weird stuff uh, where he can grab cards outside of class. Uh, he doesn't have five oh, intellects though, which is which is a little rough for for when every other seeker does. Not, but, <laughs> like, there's a lot of stuff that we can give him, like yeah, like Doctor. The Nerf Doctor Milan Christopher. Who's the main, awesome. honestly, like I I do think Rex is really fun. The the main argument for not playing him is just that stupid weakness and how annoying it is. Like it's not even that it's bad. It's just so frustrating to deal with. No, but Rex not Rex bad. can take scavenging ice picks. Okay, great. You, you I just, forgot about you it. Just you just spend so much time drawing extra chaos tokens and still passing the skill test. It's <laughs> yeah, that's like it doesn't even it doesn't make him fail most of the time. It's just the the extra time there. Yeah. All right. So, um, so yeah, Rex Murphy. So, is there any like base level cards you want to put in here? Well, don't, do we uh, want to put definitely? We definitely want, especially with four inch like We want magnifying glasses. Those are just like almost an auto include the seeker. The core. And we're making a we're making level zero deck, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So again, this is magnifying glasses. Um, so your your so your hand slots are probably spoken for at this point. Yeah, I mean we could find we could put fingerprint kits in, but I, I think that magnifying glasses are fine. And is and the we're captivating with captivating discovery? We're going to find those magnifying glasses and install them. Well, I mean, it, the thing about Captivating Discovery is it's it's not going to be quite as good at helping you find stuff early because you can't play it until you have some clues, but you can still, you know, you can pick up a couple clues and then blast one of these probably. Yeah, I think, and and if, if anybody's in chat who's played Rex recently, is the burglary thing, like the two smashable cards, the burglar, or what, maybe one or whatever it was, is that still a thing, or or was that like just kind of a thing for a minute, and then once he got nerfed, it's like, eh, maybe we'll just like move to other cooler things, like scavenging and ice picks. <laughs> I feel like it. It's probably less good now that you only get to trigger Rex's thing once per turn, right? Yeah, for sure. Because it used to be like it made sense to spend one of your actions to basically get three money and a clue, but now it's like if that's your only activation of Rex every turn. I mean, it's not bad. It's just it might not be worth the amount of setup and the the two so, off color card slots. So I'm seeing a lot of suggestions also, to use lockpicks with scavenging with him. Um, 
What do we think about that? We want speaking like we don't want we don't want Darkler anymore because we got Faustian Bard in. We want to put that in the deck. Oh, that's right. Okay. Oh yeah. That's, okay. That's, that's oh yeah. Well, but yeah. I. I, the lockpicks thing is interesting to me because if you can play magnifying glasses, if you want to investigate multiple times a turn, like, uh, can't you just pass by a lot with like, you know, you could get the tarot card, you can commit a lot of things like perception. Like, you're a seeker. Do you really need lockpicks, especially no, when his no, uh, ice picks? Oh, okay. You can, get like, you can get like level three ice pick. I don't know about level one, but level three you can constantly trigger that and get an extra clue and then like scoop it back up with okay, scavenging yeah, I, forgot I guess one of the investigators who can do that oh, i no. thought people were saying like that's lock disgusting. picks to trigger scavenging but yeah that, no, that doesn't no. make sense ice, ice, picks, uh, ice picks makes more sense yeah but yeah packs and chat is throwing out like if you want big money on him you can use jeremiah plus all the zero cost <laughs> well that's actually stuff. that's maybe a thing that we should try to figure out early is what ally are we going with because there are a lot yeah. of good choices colin do you have any thoughts because if you do want to do jeremy that's going to affect like which cards you select based on the cost yeah. if you do want to pick something else like um guillermo dr milan or uh, william Melison or any of those guys like that's also going to affect the other cards oh yeah Melison is another drop clue thing right People were mentioning. Yeah. Uh, yeah, is there is there other cards that we can combo with that to do like weird drop a bunch of clues, pick them up, pick up a bunch of clues stuff? <laughs> you can get Alice. <laughs> there's also there's the what is it something in there's a card that's like you drop clues to boost your skill by a lot during a test, which that that might be more fun than than Malice. Oh yeah, so quick thinking. Because keep in mind like You're not quick thinking like clue dropping. Uh, yeah, I forget what it's quick called. Study. Quick, quick study, quick study, yeah, yeah. Like, because <laughs> dropping clues is, it's one of these themes where, like, if you want to build your deck around it, that doesn't mean you want to play every card that does it, because you still only have so many clues. You want to maybe have, like, a few cards in your deck that can drop clues for benefits, but I don't know if you necessarily want to play, like, every card that does that, you know? Hmm. Well, are there, what about cards that benefit from having clues on a location? So, like, maybe you have a reason to, like, quickly drop clues, play some other card, and then pick them back up? Inquiring Mind is one that you kind of generally want, Yeah. Normally, like, Inquiring Mind for me is, like, a one-of, but this, I feel like if you're dropping clues and, like, you're using quick yeah, and stuff like that. It's, it's that. borderline normally, but yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd play one or two of them in this just because it does synchronize pretty well with what you're trying to do. Yeah, I mean... Speaking and, of yeah. four cards, we got to auto-include reduction level zero. We've oh, yeah, Preposterous yeah. Sketches is another one that so, needs clues on locations, uh, too. Yeah. Sketches is like I don't know. Do you want the level zero version? Like, because I, I could see upgrading to the level two version, which is free, but paying two for it is. I kind guess. Of... I guess. Yeah. Sketches is like almost a, like a, a worse captivating discovery. I mean, <laughs> Huge quotes around it. That's one thing we didn't mention yet. Is captivating discovery is also kind of like a super level zero no stone unturned, except that it uh you know costs clues. It's kind of another interesting right. comparison. Yeah. And people are saying truth from fiction in chat. Um, truth from fiction adds secrets to things, so you could do like some secret shenanigans if you wanted to make it like a Necronomicon deck or some ridiculous what, what thing. Like we, that. What do we need to have secrets though? What, what can we add? Um, so there's there's Mr. Rook, which you probably don't really need in this, um, considering it's tabooed. There's the um, uh, what's the uh, the the new thing from Edge of the Earth? It's like an uh, an accessory that lets you spend an action to move or investigate. Um, I think that oh, costs. Like, yeah, the Eon chart like that. That um, that does cost money or cost XP, I think. But it might be fun in this deck, especially if you don't have another idea for a. I was I was gonna say if you don't have another idea for an accessory, but you could play cigarette case in Rex, and that's usually pretty good. 
Yeah, oh, I mean, right. and keep in mind we can always throw in, uh, you know, in the thick of it if we really want like a a couple experience things like a neon chart or something. But well, neon chart is a, is specifically secrets, right? Uh, yeah, it, it is. Which would yeah, kind of feel the whole secret yeah. thing. You probably want case. It's probably worth the Gunwich Five include. Let's, let's throw it on there for it's, now. We can always we can always yeah. throw it out. Especially, yeah, because you, you, if you're investigating enough and you're trying to succeed by two anyway for Rex's ability, like, it's just, yeah, it's it's, it's really hard to not play cigarette case, I think, in Rex. Yeah. 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 Oh, also... So, so, do we want the fifth to be a scavenging the combo with Ice Pick? Because why are we including Ice Pick if we're not using scavenging at all? I feel like we should use scavenging. If we're, if, well, I, we don't have Ice Pick yet. Because it is level three, you but, uh... you also like as great as Faustian Bargain is, you might not absolutely need it. Like if you're playing cheap enough cards, you might be able to. Because remember, like you have Crack the Case, which is an incredible card, right? So well, yeah, yeah, and yeah. oh, and Crack is great with dropping clues, right? Because mm. you can be in a high shroud location. Oh, I forgot you could hear something the other day. And drop a clue and do it again. Yes, you can. Yeah, yeah. We, we definitely want Crack the Case in there. Maybe okay. maybe get rid of the Faustian Bargain and have two scavenging. Seems we, cool. We've got too many uh, non-secret cards right now, so yeah. Got, yeah. Got so, um, yeah, I guess let's let's back up. Do we want to run an ally? Do we want a secret ally, or do we want to, we go to splash? <laughs> I like, into I like something. the Alex Luxley kind of. Can you can you show us all the level zero allies? Well, not all of them because the Dunwich, but all the seeker level zero allies. Ben, I think it's like K ally or no Z, Z ally Z. slot. Yeah, yeah. So these are all the level zero seeker or neutral allies. Um, Art student Charles, uh, Ellie, Charles. Alon, uh, so yeah, Melson, uh, Melson, how do you say the last so name? Dr. William, do you have the filter set right? I only see like secret allies. In yeah, I'm not, I filtered out, I haven't added the other classes. So if you want to look at the other classes, you know, we can, but what is uh, Colin, you got a lot of good options here, and you could definitely go for something that's more exciting and less boring than what I would pick, but. I think if it was me, like I might just play Doctor Milan here because you kind of want the int boost. You kind of want the int boost. You're gonna get money because you're gonna try to investigate successfully once every turn anyway with Rex. And mm -hmm. I mean, there's other good options, but like it's Doctor Milan is really good. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I don't think there's like a what is what does William Webb do once you do? Oh yeah. What is what is he? Uh, oh, he's, oh well, he does use really secrets. Desire. But he's, yeah, he's, kind of, he's, he's kind of weird. I, I can't I can't tell what he's doing because you don't, you don't scroll over him. Uh, choose an item card in your discard pile, like you know, ice picks maybe. Maybe maybe use him instead of a. It's, yeah, but when you when you investigate, you can spend a secret, and instead of getting a clue, you get an item from your discard pile, put it back in your hand, or discover or a clue to counting location. So. It'd be an alternative to scavenging. I don't know if you need him and scavenging. It's um, well, it doesn't yeah, play. It doesn't play the item. It just puts it in hand, so it's kind of worse, right? Uh, uh, scavenging does that too. Level zero doesn't. Uh, so scavenging level like whatever lets you play it. I think that I think that Milan is still better. You can't really go on. Yeah. Milan. Is there does the upgraded William Webb work like upgraded scavenging? Because that might be worth. You could like upgrade from Doctor Milan to upgraded William Webb if there is one. Okay. The upgraded one doesn't replace yeah. the yeah. discovery clue by default. It I mean, lets you get the yeah. item. 
web would be good if you want to like get newspaper back and commit it but i think that for 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 ice picks upgraded scavenging is way better because you just get to play it immediately oh but he can't get upgraded scavenging right because it's uh, oh you're well, right. ice, pick, ice pick is also fast so it doesn't oh, really okay. matter that it goes yeah, yeah. yeah. and milan gives you the dollar to play it right again that's true so, yeah i mean it, like, i mean web, web is just the best web is pretty solid with ice pick then and it would yeah. work with um truth from fiction but i don't know you you lose that int bonus that you get from dr milan so it's it's a yeah, tough call thing. I think that Milan is the best choice. I think you want that imp bonus, especially with only four imp uh, Rex, and you want to succeed by two. Yeah, that makes sense. That is also, yeah, that is also true. We, okay. We, we almost should consider not, like, bothering with ice picking scavenging, but we're definitely going to include them. <laughs> you're gonna, yeah, you're, I was going to say, you're going to break Dane's heart, Colin, talking like that. I mean, I like <laughs> ice picking scavenging, don't get me wrong, but it feels like it's just so ubiquitous. Like, if you can take it, you should take it at this point. It's almost feeling for me like Rex. And I'm I'm a little scared that they're going to taboo it in such a way where it's just it's, like okay. I guess are, it's there, also... are there any other items? And also, also we can get eventually upgraded magnifying glass so we can put it back in their hand to play an ice pick. Oh so, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah. Might be a lot of weird solid. bouncing. Yeah, uh, I have a question. Do we want to put in the thick of it in, in here and then immediately include all the ice pick? <laughs> um... we're, not, we're not actually playing this deck, so why not? <laughs> that, that's only one ice pick. Great. great. Great mentality. One ice pick right. is better than zero ice pick. Yeah, I don't. Do we still want two magnifying glasses then, or do we want to cut one of them? We we definitely want two magnifying glasses. Okay. All right. So um, I else? think we've we've basically filled up most of the slotted assets at this point, right? Like we're at this point, we're probably mostly adding like either unslotted assets or events and skills. Is that right? Yeah. And we have to we have to remember that we have two captain discoveries, even though we can't. Yeah, I'm trying. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to pick a uh, a card that we definitely will not. Yes, ghastly revelation sounds kind of like guidance. captivating discovery. Oh, sure, so, that too. Yeah. I want the deep knowledge. Let's let's include deep knowledge and have that be captivating discovery. It's a straw. It's the same thing. Fair enough. Sure. Uh, so it, it features a guy with glasses, but he's not falling. So uh, <laughs> sure, we'll, we'll that's a, this is a before and after shot. It definitely that's what, that's what it looks like anyway. <laughs> <laughs> moments um, before and then right after yeah all right so okay so these deep knowledges are uh captain discovery discoveries um okay so what uh what else do we I mean, mean here perceptions right perceptions are pretty pretty common yeah, is, i mean is there any before we fill it in with like skills and more skills is there any more events we want to put in here or assets that benefit from like scavenging or benefit from like dropping clues to kind of really play off the captivating discovery or are we just putting like captivating discovery in here because it's too true from fiction well but but at the moment it, it at the moment you don't really have anything to put secrets on right like if you eventually get the eon chart then that would work but at the hmm. moment you don't really have much going on there yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't do anything right now. You could. Like, oh, grab so one thing. One thing you can do that's fun is I think. I think it's the untranslated archaic glyphs. I think you discover you 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 solve it by putting secrets on it. So truth from fiction is basically oh, like a right. shortcut to doing that. So if you yeah. wanted to, if you wanted to work towards glyphs, and I would say if this is a multiplayer secret deck, you should you should probably think about glyphs. Yeah, then so you did... might. Then you could throw in like at least one truth from fiction just for that purpose if you wanted to. Yeah. Also, and, uh, I'm saying the rabbi. And and keep in mind that the um, the truth from fiction commits really well for investigating, so it can help you pass by two on like a high shroud place. 
right, yeah. so I put truth and fiction and I feel like that's a strange solution to be better, but if you're gonna play multiplayer you probably just want quests anyways. Get all the get all the clues. It's definitely and on brand for MUR. Once you yes. once you play Captain Discovery, you use glyphs to get all those clues back. If you're doing yeah. a search, though, are you thinking? You, you, do you want the um, uh, what's the? the <laughs> that point said rabbi in chat, but that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Astounding revelation because oh. that also lets you put secrets on things. Mm. Um, but if you're doing that, are you also going to be doing like Eureka? Are you going to be doing um, the 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 good card that searches for practice stuff? <laughs> Practice makes perfect. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, um, I don't know. It's tough because remember, a sounding revelation, if you draw it, is very bad, right? So you want to make sure that you have enough search that you'll pretty reliably find it in a search. So I don't know. I feel like if you just have two captivating discoveries and two, like, practice makes perfects, that's kind of borderline. I, I don't know. What do, what do you guys think? Uh, yeah. It depends if you want to lean into the search or not, I guess, right? So yeah. it is, also, there a, is there a third search card we can add to this deck? Well, here's, but here's another thing you could think about. It also depends whether you need money, because if you, like, you might just not need that much money, and you, or you might be able to get it with other cards. Like, you have Crack the Cases. You, you, could, play, you could play Cryptic Writings. Yeah, you have Milan, which is great. You could play Cryptic Writings, although I think Cryptic Writings is actually sort of bad with Captivating Discovery, because with Captivating Discovery, you don't draw the cards. So, like, you can't, you know, draw cryptic writings and immediately play it on your turn. Mm. I think. Let Which... me remind myself how cryptic writings works. Yes, it's it's reaction after you draw cryptic writings during your turn, play it. So if you oh, find you it, only add it to your hand. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Oh. Maybe we don't go with the the search cards in this deck, and we add some other uh, one of the many good secret cards that exist. I mean, what what is the Dunwich Five right now? Is it just uh, scavenging? We've got Lucky Cigarette Case. They've got scavenging. I think yeah, we've, so... got one, we've got one. We've got one. We got rid of all. We got rid of all the. We currently have four off slots. Keep in mind, yeah. you can throw in like one deny existence or something if you have that extra slot. Like that's pretty solid. Or or, or a ward. Although I think four warned would be pretty good in this deck eventually because you're dropping clues. Yeah, you could also take um. Like a take the initiative if you're planning on doing the uh, practice makes perfect thing. I, I I don't know what other practice cards there are that are pretty good for this, but yeah. Do we want uh, practice makes perfect in here or? Enraptured is practice, which you could get with damage five, but that wouldn't really be good until oh, right. you get something. That's not good until you get something you want to put secrets on. Although it can also put charges on. You're glyphs. getting glyphs though, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah one one enraptured isn't the worst idea. Um, other things that are practiced. Um, I mean, yeah, perception and deduction are the, are big ones. Um, survey the area, although that doesn't—that's not great for Rex, and it doesn't really work with practice makes perfect anyway. Uh, what are we doing? Are we doing search in this deck? You I mean, captivating I... discovery is search by itself. Yeah, it's just do we want? That's the only reason why I brought it up. I don't—I don't know if the rewards for fully committing to search are going to be worth it for you, really. But I mean, you're—but it, it's up to you, Colin. I mean, do you want to go for more search stuff? I, I think we. I think we don't put Crocs to make perfect in the deck. I don't think it's worth committing to the search. I think we've got we've got enough draw with Lucky Cigarette Case and uh, Cat Bang Discovery to you know get the stuff, and we just get some more like boosts to search. Just I don't think I 
I understand what the word enough means, and I understand what the word draw means, but when you put them together, I find it very difficult to understand <laughs> that combination of words. But we'll we'll we'll, we'll leave that aside for now. Um, so good, good good point in chat. Enraptured appears to have a guy that looks kind of like Rex. I am I am <laughs> so... blown away by that. I I had no idea it was Rex. I mean, is he's got he has a he has a different outfit. He's got a purple outfit on, but it is looks very much like no, him, I guess. He's his mystic outfit on. He's just his, his mystic outfit. outfit. <laughs> uh, um, Colin, just thinking about other sort of like utility cards you might want to think about playing. Um, what do you think about putting in like one logical reasoning? Maybe. Hmm. I think um, that's always a good choice for, especially because we're working with clues here, and I mean, someone. Yeah. Gonna, you, and then do you do you want truth from fiction because i think i don't see oh no no you got it sorry no, that's that. yeah yeah uh yeah we got looks like we have five more deck slots if we if we keep everything we put here um, i mean we still have practice makes perfect in the deck oh i do oh you want to take that um, out there's also per- perception it's pretty good you throw a couple of those if, in there if maybe. we're gonna keep practice make perfect in the deck we probably want perception well, yeah. Do you want to keep it or not, Colin? Uh, I think we try getting rid of approximately uh, perfect and raptured for now, and we look for other stuff, and maybe we put it back if we can't find stuff. All right, I'll, I'll put it in the. Oops, I'll put it in the side deck. Uh, all right, then. Uh, well, oh, well. Uh, Colin, what about you? Ever, you ever wish you could move a little faster? Ever wish you could just instantly move to an adjacent space? <laughs> I, I often, I often wish I could do that, or, or I could let someone else move adjacent space, like that, that too. That too. I think, I think maybe shortcut. That's yeah. yeah that's like an auto include for me. I think. Um... All right. Well, anything else we want to throw in here? Do we? Uh, is there something extremely obvious that we've completely forgotten about? Probably. Usually, that's usually how it goes. Perspective, <laughs> um, courage. Let's let's put some courage. Yeah. Do, do, do you want courage or perceptions or any any other uh, cards? Doorknobs, perhaps. Yeah, do you uh, want Do you want any defensive uh, stuff, or do you want to assume that someone else is handling that? It really. It really depends. It, that's the kind of decision that you can really you can make like once you find out what group you're going to be in. Like you can either take out a couple of your worst cards and put in doorknobs or put them back in or something. Because it's like some groups you might want, some you don't. Let's, let's definitely put in courage. We can always I, use. I do. I do well. definitely think of doorknob as like a classic Rex card because it came out in Dunwich and it just always seems like Rex's kind of vibe. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Someone in chat saying true understanding. Oh, I like that card. <clears throat> that's the one that gives you one symbol and then when you succeed a treachery you get a clue i think uh, uh, it's, it's an ability it's an ability printed on a scenario card right um which is yeah I, it's a card that i like always want to try to use and i always end up cutting it but it's yeah it's worth it might be worth it's, a try it's always like the 31st card but i think that yeah as many ways to get clues in this deck because you're going to be dropping them is great yeah exactly you can pick up the clue you drop without an action which is pretty nice so is maybe it? we we kind of want to lean towards that, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Oh, it's yeah, Daryl on it. Yeah, I was gonna say, is this Daryl or is it just another guy with the camera? I don't remember what Daryl's face looks like. Um, He's got the tie. Very, right? He looks very old and kind of pale. Well, would, would they to include Daryl? He's kind of a lesser known investigator. Uh, isn't he? I mean, 
but they have art from like Eldritch and Ar- Arkham Second Edition and all that. So that like sometimes that's where we see art of investigators. So you do, so. I think Daryl's ad be kind of late in Eldritch, but so you've maybe. got you you've got two card slots left unless you want to remove something, and you do have one wild color slot left. So you could put in you know some kind of utility card like um, like a deny existence. You could put the Enraptured back in. You could grab, um, I forget, you could grab one Faustian bargain if you think you need money or you want to play it on other people. You got a a lot of options. I don't think we have too many expensive cards, so uh, maybe the deny existence to be good for this deck. It looks like most of your cards are one or two at most. You know, not a real cop, I was wondering the same thing. I was like, why does this have an agility icon on it? And my guess (laughs) is that he's going so fast for propelling himself off this wall with the uh, with the ladder. Do a backflip. Oh, hey, Mike. I mean, I, I think it's like they don't like to put two of the same symbol on a level zero card because it's like pretty powerful. Uh, so they're like, yeah. you know, yeah. intellect and some other random symbol a lot of the time. I think. I mean, uh, intellect and a and a wild would have been neat, right? Because then you I mean, do even, even, even that is like really good on a level zero card. Maybe like what what kind of sim for for scavenging like what kind of symbols does like furs have? Furs. Oh, heavy furs. Heavy furs has a combat symbol. Oh, really? That's that's awful. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, but I I I, I I was gonna say though there is um you said you wanted a doorknob maybe right and I've got a plan because we don't have one currently. Mm. And we don't have a doorknob. We, we, we have no. We don't have much defensive stuff. At all, first it's for enemies at least. Uh, let's, let's put it. Let's put a doorknob in there, and that will give us something. We, we right. have ice, also also very good for. Well, that's so uh, well, I mean, it helps so, you deal damage, I guess, but you still have to use your base fight. Which so so adding one doorknob takes us to thirty cards. Should we read this initial list and then see if there's any last minute changes we want to do, or what, what do you guys think? Yeah, let's do that. It becomes an arcane yeah, when you upgrade it, does, yeah. it, but it's a hand okay. initially. Yeah, I think it's sort of fine because you're going to discover it quickly and then it goes away, so it won't it won't just sit there. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, so so we've got this Rex deck. Uh, we have two archaic glyphs, one level three ice pick, two magnifying glass, two lucky cigarette case, two Doctor Mullen Christopher, two scavenging. We haven't in the thick of it to pay for that uh, ice pick. Uh, and then we have for events, one, I've got a plan, two, crack the case, two, captivating discovery, uh, one, deny existence, one, logical reasoning, uh, search for truth, uh, this is signature card, two, shortcut, two, truth and fiction, and then skills, two, deduction, two, inquiring mind, two, true understanding, and two, unexpected courage. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this deck will be good at getting clues and good at recurring ice pick. It definitely does not have too much defensively. <laughs> so <laughs> once once you upgrade glyphs, this is going to be like a monster clue getting deck, I think. And you're yes. and you're going to be able to just like drop three clues to get six cards, and then immediately pick up eight clues and come out ahead. <laughs> yeah. so it seems. Yeah, seems I really fun. think it's going to be pretty solid. I I kind of like the idea instead of the deny. What about like a, a winging it or something? Just because it's like an interesting different card, other than just like a okay, here's a ward of protection. Yay. Just, I mean. It just, I mean, it, it just seems like you have you have access to so many cards in your class that help you get clues. It's like, do you really need, do you really need to to spend one of your rare off class slots to do it? 
You know, I just got an. You might go over your uh, your hand slots a lot, or your your um, your deck. You know, your well, hand size a lot. What, what do What do you think, Colin? What you've got that kind of one wild off class slot that we're talking about? I yeah. don't. I don't think we need more clue getting from winging it. I think that's kind of very limited. We don't have a way to like. Fair. We have a way to like after using it for discard pile, put it back in our hand. So I think we just go out the bag just to have some extra utility. So in that case, any any last minute changes, or are we happy with the deck as it is? So Asaldris is is questioning what does the icons graph look like? The icons on our like commit symbols and things like that. It's uh, most uh, icons is most mostly intellect. There's, <laughs> so uh, there's, there's a good chunk of wild. Uh, some of those are like inquiring mind, um, and then there's some willpower and basically basically no yeah, cost looks great. Combat. Look yeah. at that cost! Oh my god! Yeah, mostly zeros. Pretty cheap. Love it. The only expensive Almost, thing is like Mon. Makes you wonder if we need Mon for this. Oh guy. well, that's no. Well, see, that's that's another thing you could put in. You could put in a level zero higher ed, which is like surprisingly good, and then eventually oh, yeah. you upgrade to the super incredibly overpowered uh, level three version of it. But e- either way, like I think you're gonna be able to once you get higher ed, you're gonna be able to spend this money to just pick up even more clues. Yeah, so what do we what do we get rid of for like a higher ed? Get rid of a true conviction, maybe. Uh, yeah, you could. I mean, you don't you don't totally need to, but like, yeah, if you want to put one in, you could get rid of like a truth from fiction, maybe. Or um... that seems like a solid pick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I always I always forget that yeah. Rex's signature is just like <laughs> can draw you five cards in one action. Clues on Zenith. Yeah, it's that's uh... ridiculous. Can we? Uh, what do you guys? Clues on can Sorry, we? Clues, can yeah. we call the deck bringing Rexy back, or does anyone have a better idea? I love it. Well, it's up. It's up to Colin in the end. So back is just perfect. Okay. Yeah. I was uh, thinking about scene of the crime too. The other, the other possibility would be a um, like an intel report because you just you're just gonna have so much money between um, like Milan yeah, and. Uh, I, I almost thought about working a hunch if you're gonna if you think you're gonna have plenty of money, but um, because you could commit it to get clues with glyphs eventually, or you can just play it for two bucks to get a clue. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. If, it, it it would be fine, but I don't think you absolutely need it. Yeah, I think those are like interesting variations that you could do. Yeah, yeah, you definitely have to swap some of these cards out. So the only change we made is I took one truth from fiction out and put in a higher education. You know, big brain optimization here. Do we need two scavenging or just like one? It depends uh, on how fast you're going to go through uh, the deck, honestly. And with, with cigar case point. plus the two things, you might get through it fast enough to find the one. Yeah, especially like if you're playing the captivating discoveries, that helps you find stuff slightly faster than you otherwise would, and you can eventually get studious too, right? So that also sort of helps you set up I mean, faster. Uh, I mean, a lot of the draws also like to play captivating discovery, he needs to be able to get clues first, right? So if he's kind of slow to, st- I guess he's got vexability, so he'll, he'll still be able to get clues. Right well, that's the well. You start with you start with four though, right? Like that's why I, that's why I was saying like perception isn't bad because it's like right off the bat you draw a card you basically automatically get a clue, you know. Right. But for no money. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I mean, unless there's like a honestly, unless there's a really great reason to change something, I might leave it as is just because like it looks pretty solid. But uh, yeah. you know, so it's up to you, Connor. Are you happy with it as is? I mean, scavenging is a like a book symbol, so you can use it if you have like an extra one to just like minorly boost you. So it's not too bad to have two yeah. of them. Yeah, totally. Right. Uh, I'm not going to read the deck again because we only made one change. Uh, you can, <laughs> but you can you can trigger two scavengings right off of the you same can, yeah. casting gate. So that's not nothing. Okay, or in the same or in the same turn. Oh yeah, uh, that's true. 
I don't. I mean, yeah. Eventually, you'll have two ice picks, so you know that'll be great. Yeah. Right. So. Uh, yeah. So I think I think we'll call yeah, it good. Um, looks really looks really fun. This looks like a really cool deck. I like I like the spice. It is like the most mild spice, like you know, like that you get like like Chipotle spice of like true understanding. You know what I mean? Uh, it's like someone's uh, someone's really saying going there. Someone's saying test draw. You want to fire off a quick test draw? Just one, just to see That's what we get. Oh, hold on. That's all I need, right? <laughs> just um, I mean, the... let's yeah. You can do like Mulligan. Probably yeah. drop the logical. Drop the. Truth ending, yeah. Truth, truth I'd, prediction. I'd probably mull the shortcut also, but I'd probably yeah, hate yeah. the crack. Yeah, you, you want yeah. magnifying glasses? Uh, yeah, I might. You know, no, I'd, I'd probably mull the crack. Like you know, g- g- yeah. give me the give me the magnifying glasses. We can worry about money later. Uh, no, we got ice pick, yeah. but no scavenging. No, no. Uh... Oh no, that's great though. Honestly, because ice pick you don't have to crack. Remember, you yeah. could just use it for the plus one symbol once a turn, which is fine mm. with Milan, right? That's right. Great. And then yeah. also you've got the uh, the um the cigarette cases to propel sure. you into a uh, draw stuff deck. yeah that seems that's solid. pretty solid i like it cool. Uh, cool great 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 job guys i i think this is a i think this is a pretty fun one yeah is, is this a five cabbage deck colin this is <laughs> definitely five cabbages hey we got there <laughs> it's real 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 nutritious a lot of love to see it all yeah, right. this is a cool deck. I I'm eager to see where where Scarlet Keys takes uh, Captivating Discovery. I really I really do want to see more clue picking up and and dropping benefits and things because yeah. like we have um, Forewarned, which is really strong, right? It's drop a clue and then you get you just bore something, which is obviously fantastic. So I'd love to see more stuff like that. I mean, so, I'll say this: as an overpowered Glyphs Mandy deck, sometimes you run out of clues to pick up. Sometimes you're just kind of <laughs> sitting around waiting for your people to like kill some big boss or whatever, and you're like, "Well, I can't help with this. I already picked up all the clues on the map. What am I going to do now?" With captivating discovery, you can give yourself some extra work to do. So I'm draw, <laughs> draw six <laughs> cards. Extra searches. But knowing Dad, it would turn into nine nine cards, and he'd like pull up nine cards, and I'd leave the table. And I'd come back an hour later, and he might maybe pick. We'd have picked we'd, four out of the six cards. We'd we'd make some magic happen. <laughs> we'd we'd you know we'd 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 have some fun. We'd have some fun with it. Fair. Well, thanks everybody for joining us today. Are y'all excited to try out some of these decks? Any cool ones that you found that you want to throw our way? Any deck ideas for captivating discovery? I know um, Sultry was throwing some around in chat using newspaper and stuff. I thought that was super cool. Um, if you want to reach out to us. Leave us a comment at comments at mur.fm. Stay current on what we're doing. Follow us on social networks, including Instagram and Twitch, or join our Discord server to hang out. Share with us those deck ideas. We want to hear them. Uh, you can find the links to all these over at social.mur.fm. If you really enjoy what we do, we always appreciate a nice review on our favorite podcast source. And Colin, thanks for joining us today. Thanks to everybody listening. And everybody uh, checking us out on um, Twitch. And... We'll catch you all next time. Bye, everybody. Before I say bye, I did want to say there are other community uh, creator spoilers on the schedule. Uh, uh, Good catch. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, there is a list. Um, 
that has been put together. I think it's bouncing around. I'll, I'll share it with on our Discord. People haven't found it. I think it's also on Mythos West Discord and probably on the Reddit. But it, yeah, it basically looks like there's several over the next few days. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Stay tuned. You'll see some more spoilers. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's one tomorrow, right? The next one would be tomorrow. Uh, with, um... Yeah, June, f- tomorrow being Friday, <laughs> Friday, June 24th, there's a. Take a look at the Reddit. I think they're going to have one up. The mods there will have one. Playing board games on their YouTube on uh, Sunday the 26th, and John of the Flame on their podcast on Monday the 27th. And I suspect there are some others that uh, are floating around that haven't been scheduled at this time. But uh, oh, yeah, yeah, so very excited oh, yeah. for, for spoiler season and, and seeing all these Scarlet Keys cards. Yeah, very. Right. Spoiler yeah. season is upon us. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Thanks, everybody. Yep. I'm going to stop the stream. All right, bye. See you, everybody. hope everyone enjoyed that ad for uh jurassic world dominion which ben and i saw a couple of weeks ago um i would i would like to share some brief thoughts on that movie before we get started <laughs> actually just just one brief thought uh so the movie featured the return of dr ian malcolm probably the probably oh, that's the most, right probably the that. most famous movie mathematician and a personal hero of mine um and we we, we learn a couple of things about him in this in this film uh we learned he he has written a book uh which has kind of a funny <laughs> title which i which i like but uh really so i don't want to spoil too much about jurassic world dominion which i enjoyed it's not a great movie but i enjoy it i think even i think even ben didn't totally hate it um but there's a point in the movie where some of the characters are like trapped behind a locked door basically (laughs) being menaced by dinosaurs and they're trying to like escape through the door but it's locked and dr ian malcolm is on the other side of the door and he's trying to get it open and the writers were like, well, he's a mathematician. What kind of challenge could we give him that he could use his mathematician skills to do? So the door has a keypad where you have to type in a numeric code to open it. Okay. And he doesn't know what the code is. So he's just sitting there and he's trying to use his math brain to figure out what the code is without really any information about the, the door or anything, just like pure math. And uh, that was great. I enjoyed that a lot. Did it work? Did he get through it? That's, uh, a, that's, a, that's a spoiler. Out. We can't. We can't. Say yeah, I, guess, that. I guess we'll have to find out. <laughs> I, I I don't want to spoil it. What I would say is it was not. I would have loved it if he just suddenly like his eyes kind of glowed and then he just typed in like seven five one eight or whatever and that happened to be the perfect code. It didn't. It wasn't quite that cool. It was a little bit more Deus ex machina. But it was. I still enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs>